It's Script or Screen, the hit show beams straight to your ears and your hearts. Join hosts Chris Kitchen and Zach Strackman this week as they take a wild ride through the Disney Plus series WandaVision. Is this newest edition of the MCU worth the wait, or has Marvel finally stumbled? You'll have to tune in to find out, so don't touch that dial now, because you're just in time for an all-new episode starting now. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Scripter Screen. We are your hosts, Chris Kitchen, and with me is Zach Strackman. How are hey, we? Hey, ladies and gentlemen. This is um, this is actually not not as good as the last one. I feel back. Um, unfortunately for the audience, they don't know this, but we had a technical difficulty, and now we have to change from one recording to the other. Unfortunately, um, unfortunately for us, Chris's internet connection is doo doo kaka poo poo. Why are we uh, blaming this on my connection? This this could uh, easily be a worldwide in a panda in a pandemic. Come on, you're right. Let's blame COVID. Let's we're we're blaming it for all of our other issues and problems. And uh, actually, I mean, uh, speaking of COVID, I just got to say I I happen to know a lot of people as of late in my personal life, um, including my parents, getting uh, vaccines and such. And I I couldn't be happier for them. I uh, yeah, it's I can't it's, wait uh, to get it myself. I I am happy to uh, say that I have received my first round of the vaccine. Uh, so no third know, arms or or third eyes or eleventh toes or anything like that. It's only been a few days, so remains to be seen. But so far, so good. And um, and yeah, I would urge anyone, no matter who you are, go get the vaccine. Uh, don't be one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, one of the sets that I work on, the COVID compliance officer of, of most of those sets, she's a lovely woman named Denise. She has a sign that she posts up that says, don't be one of those. Cover your nose. <laughs> I like and, that. Uh, yeah, it's really, she has a lot of great signs. That's um, great. But hey, this isn't the COVID podcast. This or is a screen. A sh- or screen, right? This is a scripter screen. And we bring lovely movie and television content to your ears. You can follow at Scripture Screen on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Scripture Screen. And you can also check out our website, www.scripturescreen.com or anchor.fm forward slash Scripture Screen. You can check out all of our past episodes. You can leave us a comment, send us a message, you know, share us with your friends. And we're yeah, available us, on all your favorite uh, listening platforms. Give us a suggestion on what you want to hear. Or if you have a question or a comment about something we talk about, we want to hear it. We want to hear you. Uh, so so hit us up. Now, back to the, uh, the the moment at hand, Zach. We are discussing the critically acclaimed, the highly anticipated, and recently finished season of WandaVision. WandaVision. Yeah, how did you uh how did you let full spoilers ahead, folks? We're gonna go yes, through everything. Full spoilers for, for everything Marvel related, uh, including the everything with WandaVision. Uh I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought I thought it was really creative. Uh some it's an aspect of uh of the MCU that has not been touched on before, uh in, in as much detail and presented in a medium that was really unique for it uh and for the for the genre as a whole so yeah i thought i thought this uh series was great yeah uh, i like how marvel or the mcu rather is really stepping into the tv universe i know we got a little bit with like agents of shield right we Mm -hmm. had like the netflix series um but like this is like the true 
uh, true to form television format of of these like e exactly kind of what we would really want because uh, it upheld the same quality as the show mm -hmm. and also yeah like I said it explored new territory um, and maintained technical fidelity uh, you know similar themes and um, just great story and everything like they treated it exactly the same way as they would have um, if it was a film and you know yeah and I think we got more out of it yeah I think I think kind of like you said um, uh, because it came in a shorter season and uh, we we you know, instead of doing like a 13 episode run or a 24 episode run, you get nine episodes. And I think with even like next week with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it's only six episodes. And because you have a shorter episode run, you can put more of a budget into each episode uh, than maybe you would get with a typical with with the previous uh, television entries. Uh, I think of like the Netflix shows; those were very ground level very uh like uh, heroes that didn't have a lot of crazy powers uh so you didn't have to have a lot of wild special effects with them. i don't know was an iron fist and not a crazy power <laughs> i know but like the most it's like okay you make his fist glow green and stuff but like i think of stuff like daredevil jessica jones luke cage all that stuff um you know it's mostly just like cool action without like but a lot of it is like martial arts or punching and kicking so it didn't require some of the stuff like you would get in this where you have a character like vision who's in like full combination costume makeup cgi or he didn't have flying or powers or a lot of the stuff that went into this uh to wandavision and uh i think uh if i'm correct in this they said that for all the Disney Plus Marvel shows, the budgets are all pretty much comparable to uh, what they would spend on a movie. Which is insane. Like, I, I just saw on this one, they, they estimated about each episode is about $25 million. And there's nine episodes. <laughs> That's $225 million. Oh, my God. But I, at the same time, I don't know if they... Like, what if they spent... I mean... I know Avengers, they spent like a, close to a billion dollars on that, right? Or something like that? Something like that. I know with um, like Game of Thrones, it got to a point, I think they were spending like five million per episode. That uh, seems pretty reasonable. I think they, they did, it was very similar for like Breaking Bad though. Like Breaking Bad, I want to say it was like five to ten million per episode or something like that. Maybe even as low yeah. as three million. So, okay, so like for, for a... Oh, um, by, the, by the way... Um, Avengers Endgame was three hundred and fifty-six million. Okay, so but you know for for an interesting comparison, uh, the first season of Westworld, it uh, its pilot episode alone was twenty-five million dollars to produce, oh and then God. with every with every subsequent episode was eight to ten million, and that was a ten-episode run. So similar length, but if you think about it, they put in almost twice or more than twice as much uh, budget into each episode of WandaVision than they did in any one episode of Westworld outside of its pilot. So my, my, my thought is, and I don't want to dwell on this too long, but it's just something I'd like to put out there is mm -hmm. I wonder if they're making enough money more so in, in their Disney plus platform 
than in the box office. Now, I know an article just came out in the last week from both Variety and Verge and all these other things saying that Disney Plus just topped 100 million subscribers worldwide. Um, right. And I, WandaVision, I think, is is uh, distributed at least anywhere Disney Plus can be accessed. Um, and so I'm thinking to myself, like, not obviously not all some of these subscriptions came way before WandaVision because that's only like maybe their newest heavy hitter on the platform. But mm-hmm. um, does it justify 225 million? Will they make back their return with just the subscriptions alone versus in the box make, office? They, there's an actual like, yeah, you see where the return, like where you're getting it. I think, well, so if it's 225 million for the whole series run, and that probably doesn't account for like. Like how many people subscribe to Disney Plus just to watch WandaVision? Well, that's a good question, but then you have to remember there's probably a lot of like people who have Disney Plus for the Disney content. Um, That's what I'm thinking. And it, you said how many uh, subsequent uh, uh, users? Uh, not subsequent. Uh, it's, but, it, um, it's just in jet, like as of this month or uh, March of 2021, I think Disney surpassed 100 million subscribers. Okay, so 100 million. Platform. I know at the very least I'm paying seven dollars a month for it. Yes, it's it's about eight hundred million dollars that they're making a month. <laughs> so so I would say it's a it's a worthwhile like yeah they have the money for it. Uh, every they, they can, could, can, they, can I just say how fucking ridiculous that is? <laughs> oh my! Like those words then, just came out of my mouth. I'm like, then, okay, no, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they, it, this is just this is you money. And then and then they have the gall to charge thirty dollars to see Raya the Last Dragon. <laughs> I, don't you just love capitalism? And they go they go oh but you can wait till June to to watch it for free. It's like I should be able to watch it for free now. Can, can I tell you something? Anissa's so upset at me uh, that we have not <laughs> that I have not purchased the the premiere access to watch it as of yet. Um, <laughs> which, I was thinking about it, but at the same time, I'm like no, I can like, wait. I, I do, and I, I we want to. It's just. In the, the span of time that we have between like now to like the Academy Awards, like I, I like I want to watch the movies with her, and we have to be very selective of what we watch. And we just we finished watching right, The Crown right. together. That was her last show, and then she promised me that she would dedicate time to finishing season two of Succession, um, and which we're doing. We're almost finished with. And I said, all right, and then after that, then we'll get to start doing all of our movies. And yeah, maybe Raya might be one of these, um, but you know, we'll see. We got we have a list of stuff that we have to get ahead of and. You know, if it just so happens we don't finish that list till June, then you know maybe I'm not right. Sober. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, hey, if it happens, it happens. This is. But, I, uh, I also realize that's a very selfish way of looking at my relationship. <laughs> no, that's all good. Where no mistakes were made. But yeah, but, uh, but Wandavision. Back to the show. Wandavision, as we were, uh, as we were discussing. Yeah, I think you know they've made they they easily make their budget for this, and uh, uh, I I I think it's cool that because. Uh, a lot of this show probably doesn't need $25 million to do like a lot of the early sitcom stuff. Um, mm-hmm. when, when they need to really like push the budget. Um, and I mainly, I think of like a lot of scenes where like they show vision flying around, they show, um, a lot of Wanda's powers and stuff. Uh, that stuff, it looks really good. Um, they, you can tell they, they know where to put the effort for it. It's going to, uh, it's going to be really interesting next week when we get to, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm so and, excited for that. It looks so yeah, good. It looks great. And 
what's interesting is like that's this show WandaVision it had an interesting concept where it's like part of it was a sitcom thing and part of it was a normal Marvel like movie basically and for the parts where you know again like I said uh, maybe there are areas where they could save on the budget here or there by you know because it's it's an older style of doing things and you don't need so much money to make just a standard oh. like for for if, camera if if you look at the way that it's uh at things are made now to emulate older looking stuff like they definitely mm-hmm. did put in all the production value that they would have on a regular thing right to all oh, the no, set no. pieces I, I, and design and they oh, definitely no. did I, use I high that. quality cameras and then just in post they would they would change them to four by three and then you know throw in the black no and right right and yeah like yeah that. i know that but at the same time it's like something like that is not i feel as financially demanding as like a crazy action acrobatic scene of oh yeah like, they, they like definitely if, didn't it, leave like helicopter shots or like anything like that <laughs> yeah. you know it's like it's like uh, i'm gonna be interested next week when i watch uh you know when i start watching falcon and the winter soldier how well that show handles its budget i don't know if it has a similar budget but you know how good is the stuff gonna look when you have like falcon flying through it's, that it's that all falcon all the time stuff. yeah i'm 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 gonna it's it's gonna be interesting to see if if at any point we're like oh yeah this needed uh a bit more of the movie level budget than a television show but yeah uh, I don't know. We'll see. But WandaVision, for what it was, was great. Uh, like I said, it it really made use of the medium it was in, uh, which is to say lampooning and kind of giving a, san- a send-up of all the uh, old sitcom uh, ages. Can I tell you something? I was looking at bad reviews of the show, and I think <laughs> I found one. That I, I think. Well, no, no. I want. I want to ask you how it feels about this because I don't agree with this at all. Okay. Um, it. This is one. It comes from one uh, Roxana Hadadi from RogerDebert.com, um, okay. which is funny. But she gave it a a splat on Rotten Tomatoes. She wrote, "Cool. Uh, once WandaVision starts recycling the same content in each episode, it becomes difficult to ignore that the show's primary interest is playing with form rather than propelling its story forward." And uh, I don't, I don't think I agree. That sounds like a review that was written before the conceit was was made clear for the show. Because so when when the show starts, it's you get the I Love Lucy episode, which is pretty much just straightforward sitcom. Yeah. With the main the main thing being when the. Uh, Vision's boss starts choking and they kind of have to break the, the uh, Wanda's like vision, help him, you know, and he saves him. And then the second episode, again, it, it is basically full sitcom. There's, you, you don't get too much in the way of like revealing what's going on. And it isn't until the, I think the end of the third episode that they start revealing uh, what's going on outside of Westview. And I remember seeing reactions online when those first two episodes were coming out and getting into the third episode where people were like, oh my God, where is this going? Just just yeah. get on with it already. Part of I, me is like... I, I don't feel like it really dragged, though. I don't... I don't no, I mean, it's, it's people being impatient, people... 
I, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's people, they went into this expecting it to be just like a standard, like, like your brain has been trained to understand a Marvel pro uh, property. And so you go in and you'll be like, yeah, the gimmick will go on and then I'll get regular cool action, crazy powers flying and like that. Well, and then, I mean, yeah. uh, I don't know what all that's about, but um, before we move forward, I just want to give everybody a brief synopsis for those that if you haven't heard, watched the show before, don't know why you're listening to this podcast. Uh, but if you have, just a reminder, WandaVision blends the style of classic sitcoms with the MCU, in which Wanda Maximoff and Vision, two superpowered beings living their ideal suburban lives, begin to suspect that everything is not as it seems. That comes to us from IMDb.com, the Internet Movie Database. Um, That's a, it's not bad. It's a, I'd say a little misleading because I think one of them begins to suspect things are not as they seem. Listen, actually, I'll, all right, so going back to the pacing of this show. Yeah. I definitely, for me, this show was so, it was, it was awesome. I, I loved yeah. every little bit of it. And it's because, yeah. I think the, the thing about the pacing and the way that every show, every episode ended is this, it kept making me want to, I just wanted more and more and more, well, but not in, the, in like a gluttonous way. More like um, I just couldn't wait to find out what were to happen next. I feel like they sprinkled the right amount of mystery into each ending of each episode. Yeah, and there was the, um, definitely there was the kept meme me on my that toes. was going around that was um, people would like you know get pissed off whenever it'd be like uh, please stand by you know at the end of each episode. Oh, dude, they got and they got, they got us. I was like, "Oh, darn you, Matt <laughs> yeah, Shakeman!" Right, Shackman. Is it Shakeman? Shackman. Uh, I, I think he's Shakeman. a Shackman. Shackman. Tell us um, in the comments below. But uh, actually, let's 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 run down some of the creative forces behind this uh, behind the series because I think this has uh, got a really great group of people backing it. So the showrunner was uh, Jack Schaefer, Jacqueline. Schaefer, uh, who previously worked on Captain Marvel and uh, Black Widow, which has not come out yet. A movie that Disney recently came out and they're like, no, it's going to be theatrical. We're not releasing it on, on Disney+. Plus. Go yeah. see it in the theater. They're yeah. pulling a, a Chris I, Nolan on I, that. I, I, but at this point, I'm glad because you know what? By the time it does come out of theater, which apparent, according to another article, they are sticking with this is the last release date and they are doing it that way. Um, I think we'll be fine because even yeah. the president just said that everybody should be able to get the vaccine by May 1st. And that's I right. Think, listen, I know that you and I have had good experiences going to the movies during this time, mm -hmm. excluding Tenet. Um, and I think, I, I don't know, maybe a Marvel movie might draw in a, a lot more attention. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, I think, I think it'll be, I think Disney at, at the least is, is prepared for like a, an a somewhat underwhelming uh return for their uh on this movie. I think they're probably saying it's not going to perform as good as it can be, but but it it will do as good as it can and we just have to accept that because of the I, the I, time I think that it's it going to still do rather well. I I oh, can't oh, I can't sure. imagine a world that that this movie uh is going to do bad in any sense. Listen. Listen man, until until yesterday uh Endgame was the highest grossing film of all time. What's up with that? Why did they... I feel like James Cameron wanted that 
to have it on purpose. And it's not like Disney doesn't own the, both of the studios and the properties of these films now. You know, <laughs> like I just I don't understand what they're doing. It's just with. it's it's maybe the they're trying to rehype Avatar two. Maybe it's just the world's most expensive pissing contest. But uh, yeah. But anyway, um, um, Jack Schaefer, a uh, great job on Captain Marvel. I'm hoping Black Widow is really good and uh, WandaVision. She uh, she knocked it out of the park. Uh, the series every episode was directed by Matt Shackman. Shakeman, dude, Shakeman. I, I his past work uh, he belongs or or is a part of a lot of some incredible television. Mm-hmm. Uh, going down the list, he did uh, two episodes of Game of Thrones from season seven. We're talking spoils of war uh, and Eastwatch. Um, so uh, spoils of war and Eastwatch. Uh, I know Eastwatch was the one that a lot of people had problems with because of some, like, writing troubles, not the direction. I think the action in it was really well done. And uh, Spoils of War was that cool one where, like, the, the Dothraki and the dragons attack the, the wagon yeah. train. Yeah. So, yeah, his direction is is mwah. He, he also is uh, part of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia alumni directing 43 episodes. And uh, yeah, I, I got to nice. tell you, I've... Now that The Office has left Netflix, um, my new um, just show that I turn on in my house and just listen to as I do chores or anything else has now just become It's Always Sunny Again, which is can great. I, can, I, can I tell you something? I'm surprised yeah. with how big of a meme it is. I'm surprised <laughs> we didn't get a title card like in WandaVision where it was like, where Wanda was like, no, I'm not going to... You know this the the hex problem isn't gonna get any worse, and then it cuts to black, and it's like the hex problem gets worse. <laughs> Honestly, that would have been great, but <laughs> I, I gotta say, like I just I've loved uh, that show for a while. He's also Matt Shaven's also been a part of Succession, uh, which I actually just rewatched this episode. He directed episode six of season two, Argestes, one of my personal favorites, as it uh, allows it shows another part of of Jeremy Strong's really great uh acting chops um i nice. think and he just won uh, an emmy award this last season uh or award season for yeah. um the show so again go watch it and then he also has done some work on fargo the first season which we've covered in a past episode go watch and listen that's right um the last two nine and ten so our finale and uh pre-finale which were both uh very good episodes yeah really really great stuff um yeah he Shackman or Shakeman or uh, Shokeman, he's a he's a fantastic director. Did a really good job here. I know there were some uh, parts in this series that definitely uh, wowed me in terms of their direction, um, which we'll get into as we as we dig in. But uh, big writing team for this. Uh, Jack Schaefer uh, acted as head writer for it, uh, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of names. Uh, Gretchen Enders, Megan McDonald, Bobak Esfarjani, Peter Cameron, Mackenzie Dore, Chuck Hayward, Cameron Squires, Laura Donnie. Like, obviously, a lot of these shows have big writing teams, uh, but I just wanted to just give a shout out to all these guys because um, there's a lot going on in this series, and they were able to uh-huh. make everything understandable. I would say eh, maybe at times they were a little too over explainy uh to to invent a word but um but we'll we'll cover that later nothing too offensive um and then we have the music 
the main compositions of this uh, series were done by Christoph Beck, and the intro music for all the different sitcoms were handled by Robert Lopez and Kristen, uh, Kristen Anderson Lopez, uh, who have uh, are two-time yeah. husband they're, and wife. They're, they're, they're Disney alumni, as you will. Yeah, husband and wife uh, songwriting team who ha- are two-time Academy Award winners for uh, Let It Go uh, from Frozen, big famous song, and um, Remember Me from Coco. Can, can I just tell you something? They're just too happy in everything I've seen them in. It's like, who who's it? <laughs> Who's that happy in real Dude, life? If I was if I was a two time Academy Award winner, I'd be happy all the time. You know, I could I could tell you a two time a number of two time Academy Award winners that have had a pretty rough of it in terms of life. No, you that's know? that's fine, but I'm just saying I would I would be happy. <laughs> Who was it that said it said I think it was Matt Damon said, I'm glad I won my Academy Award so young because I realized that that wasn't the top thing. Like that exactly. wasn't it. So it's like, oh okay, you know, you never know what things like that do to you. Um, yeah, but uh, let's go into the, our cast. We have returning uh, as Scarlet Witch and and Vision, uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. Um, That's right. And then can uh, I just say, yeah, anytime, anytime, whether it was, I mean, God, at first it was in Age of Ultron, and then it was, um, and then it was Civil War, and then it was Infinity War. But every time I have seen uh, Vision on screen, I always just think back to. Iron Man one to just like, man, this guy has come. I mean, I realize Paul Bettany has been in tons of stuff before he was Jarvis, but like just as a character, how far this guy has come from being just an AI, like, uh, cause assistant he's really a great actor, you know, looking to, back to like a knight's tale, you know, and then seeing like, it's like they, they had like this, this, a lot of talent put in, in a role that wasn't like very, minuscule um but uh they yeah, I, I mean, mean i'm glad that they finally utilized this guy and and i'm glad that they chose him to begin with uh john favreau being um as early as iron man right and i mean just like i think the thing i saw him first in was like a knight's tale yeah again not his first it's that's the first thing where i'm like i i know who that is i, I, um, I love his actually i want to say the first thing that i remember seeing him in was in uh the da vinci code <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's the albino, right? Yeah, he um he and you know he's a creepy character in that movie. Um, but he's he's I feel like he's got a lot of range, right? Yeah. Um, Paul Benny is is definitely um, yeah. I mean he's 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 a heavy hitter now. He's he's a Marvel right. he's a Marvel uh guy. I don't know what you he's, he's he's uh he's really cool and uh. His performance's vision is so on point for like, um, for for the character from the comics. Yeah, uh, he really knows how to tap into that. And again, Elizabeth Olsen, she carries the series. She is fantastic. I gotta say though, uh, I'm one thing that upset me about this run is we had a show that was sending up the different sitcoms of each, uh decade with an Olsen sister and not once did she ever say you got it dude because it wasn't her line man Come I on. know but it's like <laughs> it would have been so great it was like oh my god it's it's not the correct Olsen sister but but it is an Olsen uh yeah. saying the line 
Yeah. But whatever. I can Actually, get over it. I, I think I just learned recently that um, the other twins, I know that they're in the fashion industry now and doing things, but their company is worth like $400 million or something like that. Yeah, they got a good thing going on. I'm like, oh, Jesus. You know, but um, I think, yeah, Elizabeth Olsen's probably become my favorite now because the other two are, are irrelevant at this point to me. Right. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah, I'm not as mad about that as you are, or upset, or sad, or... Oh, I'm, I'm not even that mad about oh, it. Oh, no, but... no, you, you're, you, you were calling me, you're like, this is egregious! <laughs> <laughs> but, um, what was I gonna say? The, uh, uh, no, she's, she's great, uh, and, and I hope to see her, I know she's gonna be in, uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to what degree she is. Some people think she's going to be like the main antagonist of that, of that movie. Uh, some people think she's going to be just helping him out. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, she's now like, you know, God tier level powerful. So we'll see. Um, we will well, see. We, we get a, a couple of other returning hitters that are that really great returns. Uh, we got Randall Park is the FBI's uh, finest. Jimmy Woo. Woo. And then uh, we also, to to a surprise, we get a Cat Dennings as Doctor Darcy Lewis. Woo! Um, I gotta say, I I did not expect to see her in this. I thought we were done with her after Thor two, or I think was the last time we saw her. Yeah, um, I was so, I was a little nervous when when she uh, when they announced that she was uh uh gonna be in this because i said oh mm-hmm. my god like she was my one of my least favorite parts about the thor movies because she was kind of annoying she was not too bad in this because it was like she huh? was mo- mainly like delivering plot specific things and not just you know cheesing it up on the side while other stuff's going on yeah i don't think she i don't think she did a bad job at all in fact i like i welcomed seeing her i was like oh wow we haven't seen you in a while like i'm seeing this is uh, great reintroduction. Um, and then we get a newcomer, uh, Tiana Paris as Monica Rambeau. Uh, Tiana so- Paris, who I only realized cause I'm, cause I'm a fool. Uh, I only realized as the show was winding down, I'm like, Oh, I've seen her so many times before she played, uh, uh, Don, uh, in Mad Men and not Don Draper, but Don's secretary, Don, <laughs> who um uh she was always like a, a pretty great uh part of the show when she was in it and it took me when I, when I realized that I said oh of course like obviously that's her um but yeah she, she did a really good job here um she's also known uh for Barry Jenkins if Beale Street could talk uh the TV yep. series Empire um and then yeah Mad Men is is another big one she was on she also is going to be in Captain Marvel 2. Uh, Captain Marvel 2 and maybe, maybe Secret uh, Secret Invasion with uh, Samuel we, Jackson. What, I don't With this whole Secret Invasion, so we'll get to talking about all that later in a, in a bit, <laughs> guy. Oh, can I just say, uh, with Randall Park, one thing I loved, and it was such a little thing, but when he whipped out the business card with his little magic trick that he learned after... Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I was like, I love that. That's just, that's the kind of shit I want to see in these movies and shows where characters bounce off each other and then we see how the characters have changed you know, each other over that's time. That's what I call a callback. Yeah, I mean, for sure. 
Um, and then we get uh, a couple of uh, other newcomers, comers, not cumbers. Uh, we get a Catherine. <laughs> we get uh, the hilarious Catherine Hahn as uh, neighbor Agnes. We get uh, Josh Stamberg as Tyler Hayward, who I do not like. Um, yeah, and Jillian a... Hillard and Jet Klein as Billy and Tommy Maximoff. Oh, I guess that's a little bit of a. I shouldn't have said that. Well, we said no, spoiler it's, alert already. It's it's all right. People know. Speaking of spoilers, uh, uh, Agnes, uh, what a fun character as kind of like the nosy neighbor. Uh, and wouldn't you know it, she was Agatha. Agatha Harkness all along. Oh boy. Yeah, I gotta tell you something. I so I like I love Catherine Hahn almost everything and anything I've ever seen. And any of yeah. the um uh, Adam McKay films, like from mm-hmm. I'm I'm talking about Anchorman, Step Brothers, Step Brothers a classic. <laughs> um just I I even in Parks and Recreation, her role in, in, in the show, um I forget the character's name. Um but she has just brings with her like this fantastic personality and um performance everywhere you know she auditioned to be on the office there's like uh her tape um as her who? audition tape i think as pam um which uh or i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure it was pam hmm. but uh i mean i i in a way could i see it i don't know i like i like uh uh what's her name jenna fisher that's her name yeah um but uh yeah no uh i think she's hilarious uh, i'm glad Catherine i'm happy Hong. to see her in this uh doing villainy things let me tell you something uh we'll get into it later because because it, it got ridiculous at one point but all the fan theories that's that circled this show because the show kind of invited it one of them i heard was so dumb they're like oh my god they're doing multiverse stuff and Catherine Hahn voiced uh doc ock in into the spider-verse so is is she in this show doc ock from spider-verse and it's like n- no that would no. I, yeah, I don't I don't know how I feel about all that. Um of course of course she isn't, but like that's like that's we'll get into the, the, the theory madness uh that that surrounded the show in a little while. But uh but yeah, great cast, uh really fun seeing everybody and and watching them play off of each other. But uh you know, just o- overall like Tell tell me just some things maybe you know you liked. What was your what was your take on this series? Just full spoilers in general. Uh, what what have you got? Well, like as I was said, I mentioned a little earlier that I thought that this show was definitely a little weird in concept. I'm like, oh, is this just going to be a spinoff, or how is it going to correlate? Uh, you know, and later then they, we kind of you know we're introduced into this sitcom world that Wanda mm-hmm. has created. Um, and is also bro- unknowingly broadcasting out into uh, the real world, right? right. Um, and then I'm like, oh shit! Like this is getting deeper. The plot thickens. You know, all all my audience uh, cliches that I'm putting out there. Like I'm getting, they're receiving. And this is great. Um, however, you know, when people start talking about like how this series is relates to the comics, um. I, I wouldn't call myself like a vanilla Marvel comic fan, but I guess I'm kind of there. Whereas already they've covered the majority of everything I know within the first 20 something films. And, th- and that's right. okay. Like I, I'm fine. Like I was fine with that because I know like, all right, they gave, if they didn't gain my trust already in the last 10 years, um, you know, they, they have at this point. Um, and so I, I don't think that they're going to steer me wrong, but then people are always talking about, Oh, what if this is house of M or 
What if this is some other sh-? And I honestly, I have no idea what House of M was or, or any of these stories. Um, I, yeah. To the point where I didn't know when, when we were introduced to uh, Sword, right? I'm like, right. oh, is this like a counterpart to Shield? That kind of makes sense. I didn't, I didn't even know that existed. That's a thing in the comics, and they brought that here. Like, had no idea over the last ten years that right, Sword right. that that Sword would have or could have ever existed. Um, uh, and I'm like, oh, they took that out of uh, Pokemon's book, right? Because were two <laughs> games named Sword and Shield. Of course they yeah, were. Yeah, I, I, I suppose Pokemon took it out of Marvel's book. Um, right, but then it it also. Um, <laughs> dawned on me like a few questions i'm like oh did they did they not learn anything from the hydra situation or like what if was sword also (laughs) affected by hydra like i i mean i don't know but you know like they're able to go into a lot more directions that are at least new to me as a member of the audience that i which is why i really appreciated them because i don't i don't know some of these things and also in in a way i like to live into that um that sense of ignorance like i don't want to know everything per se when i'm going into some of these shows because then you know, I, I said in past episodes, as you know, like Star Wars, like I don't, I don't want to keep with me my expectations of what are going on or what's going to happen. Um, right. I want, I want to try to go in there as as neutral as possible, so that I have an enjoyable experience. I'm not going to these things to be uh, disappointed or like, you know, mm-hmm. if I if I already knew any everything going into it, then I'm just supposed to come out like, yep, I knew it and it happened. Like that was okay. Like I want to be excited about some of these shows about. Some of the movies. Of course, of course. I, um, uh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, um, kind of like you said with, with the comics, um, it's funny because I, I try to read comics whenever the, the opportunity presents itself, but I find with a lot of the movies, it helps that, it helps, you know, because there's such a wealth of stories that you never really know where to begin sometimes. And I almost, sometimes for me, I'm like, I look at a thing and I go, okay, what what are they covering uh, in in this uh, in this run, right? Like, for example, I've been looking at like the future movies that are coming out, mm-hmm. and I say that for Thor: Love and Thunder, right? They're covering uh, uh, the whole um, idea of female Thor, of Jane Foster yeah. becoming Thor. And, and that's a new story that came in like the last 10 years. Right, right. So, and, and it ties into the run of the comics called Unworthy Thor, where he loses mm-hmm. his worthiness, um, which I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's kind of how I've taken to reading the comics now on like more of a case-by-case basis because it helps it helps point me in the right direction where I go, and, and not to spoil it for myself, but just to kind of get an idea of where the story could go, because yeah. I hear I hear a lot of criticisms sometimes at the Marvel movies that I think is are a bit unfounded, where they go, like, people who watch Civil War, and they're like, God, there's like, you know, eight people on each side. This should have been, like, armies of superheroes on either side. They should have waited with Civil War, because now it's, it's they wasted it, and, and they used only, like, a they only oh. had like sixteen uh, uh, heroes to to across to to spread out across two teams, and I'm like, no, we it doesn't need to be I mean, one did, for one did, exactly did they, with the comics. I mean, it, that, that's the thing. It's like, do they realize the kind of world that they, we've already established that the heroes live in in terms of like the films, you know? Versus, yeah, it's uh, like I just what the I comic reject art. 
yeah, I just I just reject like the criticism of like, well, it's not exactly how the comic was, and it's not on the scale that the comic was, so it can't, it it just doesn't work. It's like, oh, no, it works for the scale that the that the uh, the show has uh, uh, that the that the movies have set up, and it doesn't lose any of its um, uh, gravitas. I guess we'll say. By being smaller scale, I think it's just as effective, and you still get those moments, like you know the whole uh, Iron Man and blasting uh, his his beams against Cap's uh, shield in that one great shot. But uh, with Wandavision, I wa- I you know kind of brushed up on the Tom King Vision series, um, which you know stuff like that kind of moved into this show, like Sparky the Dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, with House of M, I had read that a while ago, and a lot of people were expecting this to be, like, the big, like, this is going to be the thing that just changes the the MCU. It's Everything's going to be different after this, and I've heard a lot of people voicing a lot of um, uh, disappointment with the series because they go, oh, my God, this, you know, this was supposed to be House of M, and, and it's, and hardly anything changed. And I go, well, like, hold on. It's not like, you know, they never said this was going to be the House of M. They were drawing inspiration from it. And it's on a much smaller scale than House of M. But uh, don't criticize the show for adapting something rather than presenting it, like, point for point exactly as it happened. That's true. I I do want to go back and say something about Civil War now that you mentioned it. Um, A great comic moment that I know I got to appreciate versus because of my little bit of knowledge is that Scott Lang got to embody giant man. Uh, oh, yeah. And that was before the trailers ruined that moment because they ended up doing that like the week after the, the film premiered for the first time. And I got the full unspoiled moment of him growing, you know, building size. And I thought that was amazing. And then we got that fulfilled later when we met Goliath and Bill Foster and Ant-Man and the wasp. Right. Right. And I'm like, that was an incredible moment. Now going back to this, this expectation in House of M business. Um, yeah, like, uh, I actually, I want to say that Marvel really changed because this will go into something that I want to talk about uh, in, uh, at, at the end, what was it? At the end of um, uh, Spider-Man, far, not far, yeah, Far From Home. Like, we were almost given, like, I knew that, that Marvel was going to get weird a bit. Not weird, mm-hmm. but like, more space aged after uh, after Captain Marvel, right? We got the introduction of the scrolls, right? You know? And then and then that carried over into Far From Home, and right. then we see uh, you know now what's his name um, Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury is now up in the space station, uh, hidden from Earth with the scrolls, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hanging out. That's that's the new thing. I'm like, okay, now we're gonna get into like the really weird stories, and that's where like kind of like. Sword also fits in, right? Because right. in the comics, from my knowledge, after some research, like Sword's base is actually in, like it's it's orbiting the Earth, or something uh, like yeah. that. Yeah, it, or they have one, or or something like that. Right, um, right. And so you know, and Far From Home also established that, like, oh, we might already have a multiverse, right? Like that was Quentin Beck's kind uh, of, yeah. I mean, they they mention it, and listen, I, this is, this will be the first time I say this on the, on the podcast, but we got got then, you know. <laughs> We we got we got got because it, it wasn't actually that way, but we knew that the, a multiverse was coming. You know, we could only expect it. Like, right, we, right. We thought that was the first introduction, and then again, like uh, with this 
series. Uh, I, I, I'm comfortable saying that we got got again, but I'm not disappointed that I got got. It's just like, oh, you said it was coming, and did we get it? Like, oh, no, we didn't get it necessarily just yet. And, um, you know, that but, was very evident with, with uh, I want to say, one major thing um, in the show. Uh, I don't know. Is it safe Is it safe for me to say I, to I lay think, it down I now? Think, no, I think, I think now is as good a time as any. So when, you know, we all know that... Um, that Disney is like this capitalistic power and they just want to absorb everything. So when they got Fox and they got, you know, people like the X-Men, you know, we know that there's crossover between the X-Men and, uh, and, uh, some of this, some of this Marvel cinematic universe stuff. All these characters are Marvel. Mm -hmm. And so we get the introduction of Petro again into WandaVision, but we, 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 it's that reveal. They're like, Oh my God, is this Aaron Taylor Johnson? Uh, yeah, no dude, it is, uh, Evan Peters, yeah, from, that's from the the first class apocalypse uh, days of future past series X Men as Petro in, you know, dude. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty wild reveal. Uh, I definitely I think audibly was like, what the fuck when I saw him? I because <laughs> I was I was honestly I I didn't know what they were gonna do. Um, I thought maybe they would have possibly convinced Aaron Taylor Johnson to come back because I remember when Age of Ultron was coming out Mm -hmm. um, he had been in an interview where he said like I don't want to do a bunch of movies I don't want to do recurring roles as this character Um, so when he died in that movie I was kind of like oh that makes sense he I had actually read something from him that said he didn't want to do it and they found a way to include him and then let him exit uh, so when, yeah, when he shows, when Pietro shows up in the show and you get the back of his head and it's like the silver hair that goes into the black, I know. um, I was like, I was like, Oh, did they get him? And then you see Evan Peters face and it was just kind of one of those like, Oh, holy, are they, are they doing this? I was, you know, I was a little, sh- I was shocked. I was not appalled. I was like, Oh my God. That's what I'm saying. That the, every episode ended on, on a little bit of a cliffhanger you know, it, the episode was still fulfilled, but like it just kept me, it just kept me engaged the entire time, which is what quality television should do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's another thing. You know, we were introduced this thing based off of our 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 predisposition to know about you know Evan Peters' role in X Men in real life, and right. they definitely played on that. They knew what the hell they were doing. Yeah, um, I think I think maybe not the not the best thing for the for the long term of the series because I think it led to a lot of people getting angry at the show but uh, listen at the same time I'm not I'm not disappointed with the result that he wasn't actually Petro he was a, a kid that lived in the and I know he's not a kid he's like 30 years old um, <laughs> but he he lived in the town of what was it Westview Something Westview like that? were West... you okay with were you okay with him just being a, a dick joke yeah. Oh, oh Ralph, Ralph. Ralph Boner. Yeah. I uh, Boner. I, that was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I laughed. But at the same time, like, it was just another instance of like, okay, this isn't a multiverse situation yet, but we, like, I got, got, I got. Yeah, so I, this was an, an Iron Man 3 Mandarin situation. Um, um, that's what somebody said. And I didn't, you know, I didn't hate that then. 
you know, because I, I loved here's I loved the the Mandarin reveal in Iron Man three. I still say uh, Iron Man three is one of the best MCU movies uh, Wait, out there. I, I thought you told me you didn't like Iron Man three. No, I, oh. I really like it. We you're hearing it here first, folks, just like I am, that Zach really loves this Iron Man three. That's so no, weird. That was great. I didn't I didn't know that you liked it. I and not that I don't like it. I you know part of it they shot in Miami. Yeah. Yep. I remember yeah. that. And uh, but yeah no when when I I really like Iron Man three because I, when everybody was complaining about the Mandarin not being in it like the real Mandarin I was like what you want the like old Fu Manchu like racist stereotype because I don't want that <laughs> and and people got really butthurt about it but uh but we are getting the quote unquote real Mandarin in uh in uh what is it shang chi um, in the ten rings shang chi that's right and we'll see how it relates to the ten rings terrorist organization and some blurred area between eastern europe and uh the middle east because they never technically uh established what region the original ten rings was in right but, except for like the the people definitely i don't think fit the area of which it was taking place um they were they were definitely trying to blur some lines there well uh, anyway the, when you know the the whole thing with Pietro or Pietro or Ralph Boner. Um, by the way, that was actually spoiled for me uh, slightly in oh, in a a Funko Pop. Uh, I saw a picture online of Funko Pop of him in the costume he had during the Halloween episode, uh, uh, where it's like you know the like cheaply made uh, Quicksilver outfit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, where it had uh, Pietro Maximoff in quotation marks. That, um, so I was, I was like, okay, so he's. But I, I had a feeling. Here's the thing: people want to act, huh? No, I was gonna say someone close to me looked on the IMDb uh, before the episode aired and saw that Evan Peters was credited, and they're like, who? Mm. Well, who else could he fucking be outside right, of right. who? Uh, who he already was in Marvel before? But exactly, you, know, you never know. But uh, but. You know, when people get surprised, I go like, "Why were you surprised?" Because, like, we saw, we we saw characters. You know, we've seen characters a not be who they say they are in the past before, and b like, oh, there was a whole song in the in the show about how Agatha has been messing with people from the very beginning. So and and part of that is you see her using her magic on uh on Fietro's uh, uh you know when he appears at Wanda's door. So to me when I saw that I was like okay, yep, he's not he's not the real Pietro. He's just he's a fake. Like and so when when the reveal eventually came of yeah, like he's he's Ralph Boner, I was like, well, not the name I would go with, but yeah, I I assumed we were gonna get here at some point. Yeah, um, I honestly though I think he kind of heightened the show to uh you know he was able to um bounce off the other characters really well and he he made like a really interesting kind of re conflict for uh, Elizabeth Olsen Wanda mm-hmm. in the show yeah. and and that's the thing I liked a lot about it uh, about where they kind of put her character. I definitely think they put her in a, in a lot of situations. And they explored, I mean, they explored kind of a therapy situation for her, right? Basically, they put her past yeah. in front of her, and then they also revealed like kind of who who she is and and what she had to do to kind of get what she want. And and I loved it because they 
she's no longer just the hero anymore. I mean, she has that that villain past, you know, from her introduction in Age of Ultron, um, and then later into Civil War, as we see like uh, the public view of her. But like they kind of maintain that. Um, but really, they, I mean, they kind of f***ed her up at the end of it. Like, because now she's really, like, committed crime. She's held an entire town hostage. So, like, so yes, about that, I, for, so, for one, I was, on my own, I had always been like, yeah, I like that they're painting her as not just a good guy. Like, she is doing very morally questionable things right now. She's yeah. trapping a whole town. But I was recently listening to, um... Uh, Team Four Stars talk cast pod show where they were talking about WandaVision and one of them uh, brought up something really interesting uh, which I had not thought of and I'll give credit to them uh, and I don't uh, I'm sure many people have touched on this but um, I like that the MCU might start might have with this started a narrative going forward that's going to start playing out in the background of people becoming untrustworthy of superpowered beings. So it creates the uh, the environment of people not liking superpowered people. And eventually when we introduce mutants into the MCU, the groundwork will have been laid where it's like, oh my God, there's all these people with powers now and we don't like powers. And then that's like, you know, that is central to... The like the, the X Men story, yeah, like that the the animosity that the public builds, and and for characters like uh, what is what is the senator's name, the one guy that like proposes like the the mutant registration act and things like oh, that, or like the enhancement registration act. Um, no, but Wait. actually, that is that is a great point. Thank you, Team Four Star, for your insights. <laughs> um, I didn't think about that, but like I I do like that because one, now we we we've we were kind of past the point of not vanilla heroes, but like one flavored, you know, now we have our, our Neapolitan mixture <laughs> of, of, you know, nuance and also, um, characters that, that, that do weird things like, and you know, we, we got hints about that before. Like I, I want to say Thanos is the, is the best, um, is a really great idea. Like in, mm-hmm. and, and his execution in the series was, was fantastic because like, you know, he's, a, he wants to do such a bad thing, but like at the heart of his, of his, uh, you know, plan to to wipe out half the universe was like it's for sustainability. It's for kind of, yeah for for uh, everyone else to be better off in life without having to fight over resources. Though he caused a lot caused a lot of carnage and pain for a lot of other people. But like, oh man, like you got to think that the, the at the core of of these ideologies that that's some pretty deep shit. And I think I think you're right. Like that is a great way. For kind of Marvel to kind of set in those ideas, like what'll happen to the Avengers and things like that. But I, I also like how they change some of the narrative too. Like uh, on a different aspect of the show, our introduction to like how Wanda got Vision, or you know, and when we we saw her break into this place, yeah, and she leaves in a flurry, and then it was just later revealed that like, yeah, she broke in, and and this Hayward guy, the the director of of Sword, let her in to see what they've done to vision. Um, and then she just leaves like, Oh, that's also great storytelling right there. Like we were, let's believe that she stole him. But so I I would actually say, and this is just a personal taste for me. Okay. I almost 
don't like that. And I would say the areas of the show that I felt were the least entertaining and the least necessary were when Sword explained everything for the audience. Because a lot of stuff I was like, yes, I, I understand the implication, you know, within the logic of the show. I I don't need it. I don't need to be spoon fed the answers because I'm smart enough to to figure it out as things are going on. But I understand some people they do like things answered for them and and whatever. I, it's just not my specific stuff. I disagree though. I don't I don't think it was much, as but, much spoon feeding because we were following. That was like that turned into Monica Rambeau's like kind of mystery detective hunting of like her figuring sure, those things out. It, it wasn't it wasn't the worst, but for me, I think the biggest problem I had with this is that okay so the the way the show was set up at first was that it was Wanda had the hex up she Hayward explained to everyone that she broke in to the sword facility stole Vision's body and and took it and and created the hex right and it painted the situation in a very nuanced way where it was like it's not just Wanda's good, the big government organization is bad, and and it's kind of the same story we've seen before, or the, the obvious direction it would go. I mean, if Wanda stole something, is she good for doing that? Well, no, I mean, but like what, what I liked was like it painted our hero in, in a complex light of like, okay, you know, Wanda's going through a lot of shit right now, and maybe she made some bad decisions, including breaking into a government facility and stealing back uh, Vision's body. And at least until the the facade is dropped and, and Hayward is revealed to just be kind of like a boring bad guy villain, you know, he's not, he's just a bad government dude. He's not interesting. Um, but before that, I was like, it's kind of cool that like, he's just, he's a good guy and she's a good guy, but she's doing bad things. And, and, you know, he, he is the antagonist, but he's morally in the right. And I found that very interesting because it's a cool concept. It's a little bit more complex than just good guy, bad guy. But of course, then they ruin it by being like, no, actually she didn't steal Vision's body. And, and he lied to everyone and he's manipulating everything. And he violated the Sokovia Accords by turning Vision into a weapon and blah, blah, blah. And I go like, I mean, I guess we, we get my Vision I, I, I out of know. it. I don't know. I feel get... like I still I still think there's a, 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 a lot of character complexity in the events that um, how it actually came out. And I don't, I don't think it's ta- that takes away from it as my... much because, you know, if, if it turned out like, oh, she's a bad she's more of a bad guy because she committed an actual crime versus like. I don't know, the fact that she's going through all this mental anguish because of him, she was able to uh, establish, one, that, like, she has all more power than we ever thought she did have. And then, two, mm-hmm. that, like, you know, it's it's all emotional trauma as well um, that she's going through. Like, I don't know, that to me, that that speaks more to my taste in, in what no, I no, think abso- is good writing. Absolutely, I think it's good. And I think it'd be cool if we got, you know, a character... Like until they, for for me, I think it would have been more interesting if it was like Hayward. Hey, I mean, she, yeah, he was like a bad guy, but he wasn't like the bad guy of this weekend. No, but he was just by the end of it, he was just like, oh yeah, you, you, like you have no redeeming value. You're just you're just a a government suit. Like I don't it think was, I needed it needed him was, to be anything more than that, though. Right, but okay, so like for me, 
I think the best two scenes in the entire series are uh, when uh, Vision and Wanda have their argument because I just think it's a very very well acted scene. But it also it you know it's when there's a lot of confusion between the show and the audience as to who is really in control and what's going on. But when, uh, you know, vision is starting to not trust Wanda and they have their argument and it feels like a real, like, Oh my God, mom and dad are fighting argument. Um, that I think was handled really well and had some of the best acting of their characters from since, since their characters were introduced in age of Ultron. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is when Wanda leaves the Hex to confront Hayward and all of them. I love that scene so much because, again, I I like this idea of, like, Wanda's not a bad person. She's just going through some shit. And Hayward is not a bad person. He's just trying to de-escalate a situation in the only way he knows how, which is to take out the, the threat. Um, and so, and you get them bumping into each other and kind of the, like Wanda is okay. She, she's rationalized in her, in her head that I can, you know, be, you know, I can be a little bad and powerful and, and throw my, my power around and stuff to get what I want. Cause I have suffered so much, um, Whereas, whereas by the end of the season, you're like, no, no, she, she was never in the wrong. She, she had the right of it the whole time. And Hayward was the, the jerk the whole time. No, I don't know. We, we definitely left feeling that she was not in the right. Otherwise she wouldn't have run no, away she, from she, taking she definitely, else. She, she's not a hundred percent in the right, but at least in that once in, in that situation between her and Hayward, Hayward is, is the bad guy of it, which I felt was kind of a missed opportunity because man when she came out of the hex and she like threw the drone at them and she you know yeah but like is... ima- imagine if they got into like a fight like what would that fight look like if a if a giant if an all-powerful witch uh was oh, just not... beating up on a guy with a gun like i don't come, need them to on. get into a fight i don't need them to get into a fight it's it's more of the ideals of it of just yeah. like i love the idea that that she was willing to embrace a bit m- more of a darker side because we've seen her experience so much pain and it would have finally been the moment when Wanda just stopped giving a fuck and she's like, no, I'm taking what I want and no one's going to stop me. Come on. The part when she turned all the guns on him, I'm like, that is a Magneto move. That is like, that was so cool in such a great character moment, it's not good for her. Like, like you're like, you know, you shouldn't be doing this, but my God, like what a power play. Yeah. Um, I, and listen, I, I did like that as well. Um, but you know, I, I think in the end when, when kind of, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say that. I don't know. I feel like what we got, I feel like what we got was super, it was a lot of quality. I think it was great. Um, I don't, I feel like now without now that Hayward's out of the way the way that he was uh, it leaves a lot of opportunity for uh, in in the words of the jo- in of the Joker further expansion right um, aggressive expansion aggressive expansion whatever the hell it was no I, yeah my, it's my fine uh, listen it gave uh, us White Vision and White Vision was awesome so also we get to have a new uh, 
sword director, uh, hopefully played by uh, Robert Redford's brother, um, Bobbert Bedford. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, as far as all that goes, I think it's... Not to mention, we get the whole Monica Rambeau, every, all that, which I want to get into in a moment when we talk about, like, because um, we have a section uh, about uh, liftoff boards or springboards. Yeah. And um, I, I, I think she... Uh, is the best example of what we could have had in terms of anything in, in the show. Yeah, I think here, uh, before we jump into that, I just want to cover a few other like little things I, I thought were really uh, noteworthy of this uh, uh, series. One, uh, I love that they finally found a way to work in the name, uh, the term Hex, because in the comics, her powers are called Hex Powers, mm-hmm. uh, and... I remember if you go back to Age of Ultron and they're trying to explain what she does. and She's uh, weird. Yeah, she's weird. And you're just like, ah, come on. Like, you can do better than that. But uh, it's great that now, like, the term Hex is tied to Wanda, as it should have been from the beginning. But mm-hmm. um, So that was good. Uh, the Vision versus Vision fight particularly the whole ship the, of theseus. The theseus i love the memes that we've got of this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but no i mean if there was ever going to be a, a vision versus vision fight that was going to be it so it, I was really it, happy it would be of logic that. and and thought and not of brawn and power right uh, except they do have a beam struggle which is kind of cool and then um uh with with white vision i just liked seeing white vision i remember as a kid uh, i would play the arcade game uh, of the Avengers, which had Captain America, Iron Man, Hawkeye, and White Vision in it. So getting to see him here uh, in the, I guess not in the flesh, in the adamantium, uh, <laughs> was was a very cool was a very cool moment. Yeah. Um. I actually I do have another thing I'd like to hype up a little bit because I really liked how they you know brought back Darcy Lewis and Jimmy Woo. Um. Mm-hmm. You know. Th- not that every Marvel movie and show that needs to bring in other characters from the universe, but like mm-hmm. if there were any characters to bring in that I don't think would have overstayed their welcome, it was definitely them. Uh, and right. I feel like they offered exactly what we needed um, for certain aspects of the show. Uh, and yeah, so except, I, except Kat, uh, Darcy Lewis just disappears at the end. They're like, oh, where's Darcy? He's like, oh, she, she had to leave by... You know, but while she was staying, like, she helped load Vision. I said load Vision, but, like, got Vision up to speed with what's going on in the real world right, and all that right. other things. Like, I don't know. I kind of, I felt like she did a good job. And also, she's the reason why we know, or why we got the uh, the telecast of WandaVision uh, in the real right. world. So. Yeah, and she she's the one who, who brought in the word Hex. So I got to give her props there. This is the best... Uh, the the best contribution she has had for for the MCU, so uh, props to her there. Um, and maybe she'll she'll make an appearance in Love and Thunder. We don't know yet. Um, she probably will. I mean, if they're bringing back Jane, I feel like they got to bring back. I feel like maybe uh, that's why they reintroduced uh, Kat Dennings. Um, maybe. So we'll see. Um, either way, I I did like that overall. And um, lastly, I I just like to say that I I really think. I'm glad that Disney and, and Marvel put their A game um, in terms of just bringing back um, or upholding the quality overall. I, I think I said this briefly earlier. Just I I didn't feel like a change was made from like TV to movie versus like 
Agents of Shield, there's definitely mm-hmm. that ABC level quality in terms of the show, you know. Yeah. But this this ha- I mean, thanks to the budget and thanks to everything else, um, they uh, they really they they made me feel like I was at home, you know. Yeah, I I I, I totally agree. I think sometimes the network shows uh, they. You could you could feel the the lack of budget in I, places. I, it, and... I think it, it's it's a large reason why I stay away from a lot of the CW DC stuff because they're not good. Um, outside of them not being good, in my opinion, I should say um, I should say they're not good. Uh, I haven't watched them all that much, but can I say I have seen? Um, I don't know the guy's name. I don't even like Smallville, um, dude. I don't. I never watched. Uh, um. But it's it's just not what I wanted. Smallville, What's you know. The guy's name? If, 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 so Tyler Tyler Hochlin Hochlin, uh, who plays the CW version of Superman. Can I say I watched a few clips from the new show they have, which is a uh, uh, Superman and Lois, mm-hmm. which is in the CW universe. Can I say this guy a hundred percent better Superman than Henry Cavill? Oh yeah. <laughs> Because they make him, like, a nice, hopeful, like, optimistic, like, proper Superman and not, like, like the the weird, angry, hates humans You, you know, Superman. Brandon Routh got to reprise his role as Superman, although he also plays the Atom. Um, yes, I think he played uh, Red Sun Superman or whatever. Yeah, in uh, the which thing. is kind of but, funny. Yeah, I've never, the, the CW stuff, I never I, I've just never been myself. a fan of the network. I don't like network television. Uh, no, unless it's uh, unless it's like very specific, yeah, comedies. Like, not even like it's just, um, yeah, man. I'm it's they're they're really hit or miss with me, and, and most of them are misses. Well, the, they're not batting with a very high average. Yeah, they're not they're not great. I think they're they're more interested in shows with a formula. Like Agents of Shield was kind of like, oh, what's the 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 enemy or the the superhero of the week kind of. I like when they um, brought in. Um, I actually I thought it was a waste when they brought in Ghost Rider. Um, well, I I thought so. Like I, Agents of Shield had an interesting thing where it was like it it the first season was ending and that was right when um, Winter Soldier came out. Yeah, and and obviously Captain America Winter Soldier it shook up everything by introducing the Hydra. And then, uh, oh, everybody's a Hydra agent or something like that. Right, and so for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you go like, oh, that's interesting. It shakes up the formula of the show, but it didn't really. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I don't know. whatever. Anyway, WandaVision, let me tell you something, man. If, if there was one aspect of the whole WandaVision everything that I grew really tired of by the end, it was all the fan theories. Because my god... Did not a week go by where people were like, here's the top ten theories for what's going to happen. I bet this person is this person. I bet that character is going to do this. Next week, we're going to see this person, I bet. And it was like, after a while, I wanted to be like, just shut up and enjoy it. <laughs> just yeah. like, don't get your hopes up. You're just going to get disappointed. I uh, Social I, media has made it very hard for me to just, uh, one, enjoy social media. And two, <laughs> um, enjoy... Uh, any type of intellectual property, especially that I, has other source material that I people don't have, just like worship in their in their closets. Right. I don't have Twitter, but I understand Twitter has like a muting function where you can like mute Wandavision, and so any posts with Wandavision just won't show up. I have to make a confession. 
Huh. Twitter is probably, though I've had Twitter for a while, it's probably the, the social media I now use the least. Okay. Um, and, uh... It's not that bad of a confession. It, well, I mean, in terms of some of the scripture screen stuff, it is. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> but, Gosh. um... We're most active on Instagram, I'd say. Um, yeah. If, if you're going to pick and choose where you follow, where you like, and where you don't, Instagram is probably the best best bet. Um, that being said, yeah, I, 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 I don't like... I don't like all these people. I don't like all these things. I hated it with Star Wars. Um, <laughs> and I continue to hate it when people so, lay down you know, all I, this BS. But um, it just it gets worse. But then again, I, uh... sometimes it, it helps out a little bit. Like I think Reddit's a good source material because that's where i get to find out some intentional spoiler things that i look up myself um right or expectations but because oh, you're 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 one of those but you you and i do that though like for avengers we're like uh i read something about avengers that comes from yeah slightly incredible source we were doing that with uh rise of skywalker too where we're like hey just by the way heard this we did that with force awakens as well i don't know if you uh if you remember like long time ago Galaxy uh, probably I I, yeah. I don't doubt it you're just but, my uh, guy that I do that with <laughs> I like speculating but like when the shit when reasonable stuff is going on reasonable speculation so exactly so let me just offer this list this is just the list I'm I don't compiled everything this is a I, lot. I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not going to expand them just just <laughs> list them because this is both what I remember hearing people saying and then just stuff I remember being on the internet and things I like went back and checked and were like, oh yeah, that was a theory and like how stupid it was. So, oh my God. Okay. First, I don't uh, know if you can see this... me highlighting these ones, but you can, that's all one where, <laughs> uh, in your uh, fan expectation and theory section. Oh, I don't know. But, uh, uh but, uh, that this series would introduce mutants, that this series would bridge the MCU and the Fox movies, that Evan Peters was Mephisto, that Katherine Hahn was Mephisto, that Dodie, the one woman from the second oh, episode, it's, was it's Mephisto. Dottie. Dottie. Dottie, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that literally <laughs> each character is Mephisto. <laughs> that we yeah. would see Doctor Strange, that we would see Magneto, that we would find out that Mordo from Doctor Strange is is behind everything. Now, now that one, one I don't hate because I want to see Mordo, but you know, sure. But like people were like, oh, because at the end in the post credit scene, he goes, no more, no more sorcerers, and and so maybe he's gonna go after one. No. <laughs> Mm. Uh, that Agatha's rabbit, uh, whose name was Senior Scratch, uh, was going to end up turning into Nicholas Scratch, where it's like, you clearly don't know oh, what... from what, the Sabrina what, comics? Or the Sabrina show, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? There's a character, I don't, Nicholas Scratch. Well, Nicholas, <laughs> I'm, maybe that's... Uh, in the comics, there's a... Uh, I think that's just common other name for the devil. Maybe, but in the comics, Agatha Harkness's son is Nicholas Scratch, and he's like a villain, but whatever. That Pietro was a sword spy. Oh, that fuck. Monica Rambeau's astrophysicist was Reed Richards. That uh. Reed Richards would appear, and he would be played by John Krasinski. <laughs> <laughs> that the rest of the Fantastic Four would appear. That this series is how we would get Fantastic Four. That Nightmare would be the big bad in the series, and he would set up Doctor Strange 2. That we will see or hear Ultron, that White Vision will speak with Ultron's voice, and that Westview was like a sword prison. It's you like, did, you all read these, through all of them, damn it. <laughs> all these ridiculous theories. Now, I'll say, I will say, uh, 
on one hand, this show is bad because it's not not bad like uh, uh, like it's not a bad show, but I feel like the show is did a bad thing is that it did so much to invite that speculation. And it, and it kind of it 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 did that thing where it like baited people to to theorize and expect things, and then it didn't do it. And there's, there's too much inclusivity going on these days. So okay, like for example, like when you when <laughs> you do things, when you do stuff like oh we're we're basing this partly off House of M, where you're like okay House of M is where Wanda wiped out all of the mutants, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of people were expecting something like that. And I remember a big theory was this was going to be, we were going to get a reverse house of M where in house of M, she goes, no more mutants. And she wipes them all out. So the theory would be like, I don't know in this, she goes, some more mutants (laughs) and creates mutants or something or whatever. But like, I was like, you know, no, it's probably not going to happen. You know, she might do something that changes stuff. And to be fair, there might be something there because there's the line when she defeats Agatha Harkness, where she's like, Agatha's like, you have no idea what you've done. Like this is you, you've, you've done something. You're going to need my help and stuff. So they open the door that if they want to do something with that, they can. Yeah. Um, but like, listen, yeah. I, I, I just, uh, hopefully it's, that's the thing about these, these movies and these shows and these, <laughs> These things, it's just they, they, in a way, they bait people, right? Like, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, it's a really great uh, ending, and it's a series, so they can kind of continue it the next week and stuff. But, like, oh, my God. I think, I, I wish there was a disclaimer uh, before every new movie or new episode now that said, please don't put give put your hopes up or hype yeah. everything up. Like, uh, <laughs> just let us do it for you. Um, we know so, that's hard. So, like, yeah, like, when you, when you have a... Uh... When you have a character and they're saying, oh, this character, she, uh, she changes, uh, people's, um, people, you know, if you go through the hex, your, your physical, you know, your biological makeup gets changed and Monica Rambeau's getting powers now. And you go like, okay, that's how they're said. Let let me talk about that one though, because I honestly, if there's one of any springboard or relatability thing that happened in this show that I think was like the only one worth a damn or could have mm-hmm. been worth a damn. It was just hers. And I'm glad that's the only one we got. Oh yeah, it was good. It was, it was really good. She did a great job. Um, but like, you know, when you do that and people go, Oh, but this means mutants. It's like, no, no, slow down, slow down. No, it means Monica Rambeau gets powers. You don't have to relate everything to the full thing. Uh, so part of, part of the blame goes on the fans for just like not chilling the fuck out. All but, the blame goes to fans. <laughs> no, not all the blame. Because you know why? Because I put my notes here. I don't know if you can see me highlighting this, but they could have cast literally anyone as Pietro. They cast Evan Peters because oh, it's true. fun. It's because <laughs> they cast Evan Peters because he's because it's a fun nod and wink and nudge. But yeah. come on, come on. Was no one in Disney like, hey, this could piss a lot of people off when his name's actually Ralph I don't Ralph think Boner. they care, because they, they, they all know that they're still going to make money, and it's still, overall, it's a good show, and everything it's like, like that. Like, I think Kevin like Feige, ask- at this point, he's looking at Bob Chapek and Bob Iger, and he's like, hey guys, look how much money I've made you. Let me have my fun. And they're like, I think, okay. I think it's like, it's like, it's like asking someone to hit you, and then being surprised when they do. It's 
Oh, it's like God. I I don't know when when <laughs> you sound like you've been in that situation before. <laughs> no, but it's just like it, it's it's a bait and switch. It's it's you go haha I got you I got you so good. It's like yeah, but why would you cast him? <laughs> Not saying um, he didn't do a good job. He did a great job. And then the last thing I feel that the real problem with with that on Marvel's side is they need to tell their actors to shut the hell up in the interviews because you can't have an interviewer asking Elizabeth Olsen, Hey, are there any Luke Skywalker type cameos in this season? And for her to be like, yeah, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> Cause then people are going to be like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like something crazy is about to happen. Yeah. Where's the corporate responsibility on, uh, on, on these big companies that make these, uh, things like i get that they want to hype up and they they want their their shareholders to be like oh people like this stuff like we're gonna make a lot of money from this um but they got to realize like manage expectation i want to say they contribute a lot to like online hate and things like that in terms of like (laughs) you know no no. Uh, like in all real in reality i bet you there could be a study done uh that kind of correlates or talks about like corporate um marketing tactics and their effects Mm -hmm. on like social media because in a way, like that's like a that's a, an unforeseen consequence of some of this stuff that they've done, and they alienate audiences and people all the time. Make they have these polarizing conversations on on social media and, and Twitter and all this shit, and it's because of of their irresponsibility, Zach. I'm telling you, we should start this cause. We should raise awareness. <laughs> but here's the thing: when yeah, when you have Paul Bettany going on an interview and being like, you know, I got to work with an actor we haven't seen yet. And I've always wanted to work with this actor and our scenes together are amazing. And you go like, Oh my God, who could it be? Benedict Cumberbatch. Is he, is he, is is Ian McKellen about to appear? You go, no, Paul Bettany was making a fucking joke about himself. Yeah. God damn it, Paul. Yeah. (laughs) um, One man single handedly. (laughs) I, I don't, it's I don't funny. hate, I don't hate that entirely, but people, no, it's funny in hindsight, but it's like, there are people who hear that and they go like, well, well now my expectations are through the roof and no, nothing the show does now will ever live up to the high expectations I've set for myself. Not me. Cause I am reasonable and I knew that it was never going to do anything crazy, but you know, come on when, when you have a character, uh, when you have Monica Rambeau, saying, oh, we're going to go meet my friend who's an astrophysicist. And they keep mentioning them, not by name, but just, oh, they're right over the hill. They're coming. I will say at that that point, maybe that was the only point in the show. I was like, wait, what? Like, are we going to get an introduction here? And like, It felt like they were setting something up. Like, like, oh, they they keep drawing attention back to this astrophysicist who's... uh, 100% 100% like not being named and but but is being talked up a lot. Yeah. And of course, yeah, yeah, it's Marvel when you think an astrophysicist, probably the first one that comes to mind is Reed Richards. So like the the stuff's there where you go like you can't blame people too much for for getting a little crazy with these fan theories. Is it isn't it weird that Marvel has this collection of just like all these scientists and they are just so happen to be like, like there's never just an average Joe, right? It's like well, you have, are, you but... have a radiation gamma guy and that's, that's banner. You know, you have mm-hmm. like a tech, uh, wizard and engineer. That's Tony Stark or was rather rest in peace. Um, 
And, well, I think and, you do. Like Scott Lang was kind of well. Scott Lang was no, kind he was of a an thief. Average, Hank, so. Hank Pym was like a chemist. You know, that's like, true. Like you think uh, about all these things, and it's like, oh shit. Um, these uh, they all are super smart, super genius. When is like a not smart person going to get a superpower or some great ability? <laughs> like Scott Lang, he master thief. Uh, he has his MFA in coding, or MFA is like a. I don't know what it was, but he got whatever. Like, he's he has a technical skill. He just you know, yeah, he yeah worked yeah. at a Baskin Robbins or Dunkin. It's, it's a good it's a good point. Maybe it's something that needs to be visited in the future. But um, but yeah. So like with, with all these things, you know, yeah, Reed Richards never showed up, and people got pissed. But I feel like by the end of the show, the people who were the most disappointed. And the people who were the most vocally disappointed were the people who were like, I wanted Reed Richards and I didn't get it. It's like, yeah, but were you watching the show for what the show was about? Because the show was never about Reed Richards. And I feel it like was, by the it end, was in the title. It was about Wanda and Vision. Weird, right? Yeah. But like, I, feel, I feel like by the end, people were really judging the show more on its lack of it's, reveals. It's inability to, yeah, to make them as hype for... Whatever else, yeah, that's the thing, man. Like that—that's why I say I don't like this shit because in the end, like mm-hmm. they don't—they don't ever look at something objectively. They are just too into their own goddamn uh, wants and needs, or what they right. think are their wants and needs, uh, and they can't appreciate what they actually have. And and it's unfortunate that I feel like a lot of people really don't have that that hindsight. And it's it's the reason why I don't think people they they can't look at something like Star Wars, which is the biggest thing that I think like, mm-hmm. like the last Jedi as like what it is for mm. being like an actual, like well-made film. They, they have, to look, they just like, focus oh. on, well, it's not what I wanted. So I'm like, dude, is it about bad. what you want? Or is it about just like things in general? Like look at, look at art objectively or as objectively as possible and not in your weird twisted it's, reality that it's you a, think you live in, that you are so entitled uh, to everything. Like, right, like, you know, uh, it's okay to have it's a, it's okay to have like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay to have like fan theories and and be like, I want this stuff to happen, uh, but like, when it doesn't happen, that doesn't mean the film is bad. It just means that they, it, it wasn't something they they thought to do. I think again, the big issue with WandaVision is that they they bait the audience so much with it that like that you can almost understand why the audience went a little crazy with it. Now, God, if, if in Falcon and winter soldier, if they're like, Hey, yeah, I got to go meet, uh, uh, my, my friend over, over there. He's, he's a, uh, I, I don't know. It's like, he's a, uh, uh, astrophysicist. I'm going to be like, well, God damn it. Are we, are we doing this again? Yeah. I can tell you I can tell you even now uh I saw online not that this is I don't know if this is a spoiler or anything but they are they did a they put out a casting call for uh Spider-Man uh, uh what what's the third one called uh No Way Home. Mm-hmm. They they did put out a casting call for a scene and they need extras for a courtroom. And so my mind starts jumping everywhere where I'm like, well, I've heard rumors that Charlie Cox could be coming back as Matt Murdock. And now they're doing a casting call for a courtroom. Daredevil's going to be in Spider-Man 3. And I and I start getting excited. But I go, you know what? No, just 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 ignore it. Ignore it. I think if they're going to do any type of multiverse stuff, it'll come when it comes. 
And, uh, you know, I got got this time because of the whole Pedro thing. Uh, you know, I'll try not to get got next time. Yeah. Um, in terms of Falcon and Winter Soldier, I really don't know what to expect outside of I'm super happy we get to see Wyatt Russell. I like him as an actor. Yeah, um, as a I like U.S. Him, agent. I, yeah, and I'm excited to uh, see I'm excited him. to see Daniel Brühl. Daniel Brühl again. I want to see, and now we get, like, a more recent trailer or, like, clip of footage, uh, and we get... Um, uh what's her name's uh niece oh agent agent carter agent we get we got our 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 agent carter uh fix in there as well and and like i really have no other expectation for the show besides it looks awesome and it looks uh, like it's gonna have a lot of good action and that's what i want from it Um, and that exactly and how it ties in with everything else keep your expectations reasonable and and you won't you'll find yourself just you won't be so mad all the time that's the thing too and i think in in the end it's good practice because you'll learn to appreciate things more and to it's you know you won't be a part of this toxic community of people that think that everything needs to be on demand as they want it the way they want it uh not to say that criticism isn't isn't warranted for certain things like criticism is good but make sure criticism. you're criti- yeah make sure you're criticizing a, a, a film or a show for valid things, not for they didn't do the thing I wanted. Yeah. So now it's a bad show. Uh, but it's funny because if you go back to Age of Ultron, there were so many people who left Age of Ultron complaining, and I feel rightfully so, that they were trying to set up too much stuff in that movie. You know, like Thor got into the cave and he went into the, the little hot tub and he had the vision about the Infinity Stones. And they were setting up all this stuff for, for future stuff down the line in in the MCU for phase three. And a lot of people are like, like, I wish this would just focus on itself and not try and introduce a bunch of elements that will come, you know, down the line. And here we are six years later and people are saying, you know, the show I felt focused too much on itself and I wish that it had set up some stuff down the line. I don't know. I I feel like I definitely, well, one, I love, Age of Ultron. Uh, it's still mm-hmm. in, like my top five Marvel movies of all time, probably. It's pretty good. It's, um, pretty good. it's not as bad as people. People will talk the, like it is it, like the it worst is more movie of, ever. It is more of a personal bit. Like I love Ultron, uh, and I like uh, James Spader a lot. Yeah, and he's good. Um, I uh, I think it's great. Um, that to say, my favorite of all the Marvel movies, if I'm going to just specify, is probably Infinity War. Nice. Um, that is probably the best made uh thanos is so compelling i uh i just really think that they it was on tv job. yesterday i was watching it oh really i didn't realize they, yeah. they, they put that one on tv um yeah. that's good uh but i mean i guess I, uh, would you say that those are your that was your final thought um yeah um, just just hey uh audience when you go see a movie stay humble stay humble uh and uh remember you're there at a movie and it's a good time, and it's not your nine to five job, and it's not like you're you're up for a promotion and you did all the things to get it and, and things like that. Like this, you're, it's just it's an escape, you know. <laughs> and and you know if if Reed Richards doesn't show up in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, don't worry, he will come eventually. He might not be John Krasinski, but he he will come, and and when it, when it happens, it'll be great. But if it's not if it's not in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that doesn't make Falcon I, and the I, Winter Soldier I, a I, bad I show. Say, pe- people imagine um, 
people imagine uh, Marvel now at this point as the the king uh, from mm-hmm. Spaceballs, Princess Charidia's father. Like, yeah. would I lie? Right. Shifting his eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's an old reference. If you get that, uh, enjoy Spaceballs that movie. Spaceballs is awesome. I love Spaceballs. That movie. Is, we should do an episode on Spaceballs coming soon to script yeah, screen, future oh, catalog. Definitely. Um, uh, I think with that being said, Zach, this has been a wonderful conversation about WandaVision. Uh, go watch oh, it. Before before we sign off, I got to ask you, uh, and I feel like I know the answer for you. What okay. was your favorite of the intros? Favorite of the intros? Oh. Of the intro uh, musics. Um, well, I mean, oh, God, I don't even know if I remember. Well, there uh, was the the I Love Lucy one. The did Bewitched. not like that one. I did not like I thought that I didn't like it. I, it was just okay. <laughs> The one from the seventies, the like Partridge Family, uh, Brady Bunch one. It was all right. Uh, the eighties Family Ties. That was better. I liked that one. I did. The Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle is good. I might. It might be between the eight, the 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 ties, and then the Malcolm in the Middle one. Okay, because I I assumed your favorite was going to be the one that was very clearly the Office theme. I'm trying to remember what it sounded like. I don't know why it's not dawning it, it on me. It was it's it sounds almost exactly like the office theme, except it it carries the whole like the dun 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 the the division oh, yeah. motif. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, it was um, pretty good. Yeah, for me I think it was either the seventies hmm. or eighties ones. Here, I liked Here's another thing. What was your favorite commercial? Ooh, God. I <laughs> Maybe it might have been uh, the the Lagos brand paper towels because I just love being like Lagos for when you made a, a mess you didn't mean to. Um, I think mine it might have been, and I don't want to get this wrong, so I have to do like a quick search. They had like the mac and cheese thing. Oh, um, the uh, the Yo Magic yogurt. No, no, no. Was it was it not mac and cheese? It was not like a, a monster or something like that. Am no, I that's remember- that's you're you're thinking. Am I of remembering Mandy? something else? You're remembering from Mandy, the Cheddar Demon. Oh, I don't know why that, that came to my mind as, like, <laughs> Hey, weird by the way, that reminds me. Go check out our Mandy episode uh, uh, on up on Scripture Screen now. Uh, I'll tell you what I liked most about the, all the commercials. Like, they're all, they're little, like, some of them had, like, the Hydra stuff. Some of them had, like, uh, the Infinity Stone, like, right, stuff. Right. Like, I thought that was awful. I don't know if I have a favorite commercial. I don't know why I remember the monster from Mandy. I'm like, oh, that's so... <laughs> I, I, that, it's so fresh in my head. I, that's I don't know. Right. Such a good movie. They were. And such a good series. And, Zach, uh, once again, I want to thank you for joining me in this conversation about... I want to thank you. If uh, you have not seen it, it's available on Disney Plus now, all nine episodes, uh, for your listening pleasure... And um, uh, uh, Assembled, which is the uh, one-hour behind-the-scenes feature all about WandaVision. Ooh, so check that out. Um, it's excellent content. And if you want to listen to more Scripture Screen, be sure to go back to our website, scripturescreen.com or anchor.fm forward slash scripturescreen. We are also available on all the social media platforms. I think we send looking old out Instagram as like our top pick, uh, but we also have Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube as well at Scripture Screen. I am Chris Kitchen, and I'm Zach Strackman. You have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye.